Pod Boys Productions. All right, welcome back to the Small Council Podcast on Brooklyn Rebound Network, where we get into the Song of Ice and Fire, and more specifically on today's episode, Game of Thrones, the TV show. Some of you might have heard of it. It's getting pretty popular, I think. You know, it still might be a little niche, like only cool people like me talk about it too much, but I think you're your friends and neighbors and coworkers are starting to talk about it too. Final season coming up. We're going to talk about it. It's, it's debuting soon. And by we, well, it's of course myself, Pod Drew, the king of the pod. I am hiding out right now. If anyone's been following along in the saga, I did have to leave my estate of Casterly Pod at this point almost a year ago. I was just out, you know, at a, I don't even remember where I was at this point. I was out campaigning somewhere around the country. I came back and my home casterly pod had been laid siege to and was overtaken and i had to turn tail and run away i still don't have all the pieces together of what happened exactly but i'm very far away from there now hiding out but maybe my hand of the king of the pod edash nam can hopefully fill in some of these pieces for me on what might have happened are you there good hand yes sir yes sir it's your boy young edash nam um aka the hand of the king of the pod aka young dornish red um, and I'm uh, still working hard around the clock to figure out what happened to you and your noble seat. I have no idea. We're still working on it. But I want you Can to I know get that I'm holding it. I am holding like it down anything. for you here in the capital. Treacherous forces afoot in the Riverlands, and that's all I know. Hmm. Well, I gotta say, Hand, this uh, Lord Hand, this is pretty disappointing to hear. I, I was really hoping. You, I mean, it's like I said, it's been almost a year. I've been moving all around the country, basically, to try to avoid. The people who are after me, uh, they want, obviously, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. They want the crown. Maybe they probably won't like it so much when they get it, based on what I've had to do over here. Running all around and hiding out, but... Did you say I, the I crown? I, I did. Wait, who's coming Who's who, that's, who's coming into the council room? That's such a good good show. Oh, my God. Like, I, I've, been, uh, I've been watching it. At first, Jen wasn't really into it all that much. I mean, Jen, I wasn't into it. Jen was watching it and, you know, about Queen Elizabeth. And Claire Foy, she's a really good actress. Like That's true. One of our finest. Yeah, yeah. And I really want to talk about that. So that's what this is about, right? Well, all right. So yes. if it wasn't clear, I, I, I've been, I've been uh, hiding out and I'm hiding my face right now. So we're, the small council is not in the same room like it normally is. So I'm not sure. Ex- Lord Hand, who, what's going on here? Who is this person talking about the crown? First of all, I've never met this man in my life. Second of all, I would love to talk about Claire Foy and Matt Smith's performance on The Crown. Well, I haven't seen it, so and I'm the king, so you know I'm, I'm going to veto that move. Okay, well, I mean, if we don't want to talk about The Crown, can we actually uh, go to The Crown Bar, though? It's, it's at Hotel 50 Bowery's in downtown. They usually have, like, a good rooftop set up there and, like, a good DJ, you know, so I'm thinking we should probably talk about that. I prefer well, The Crown Inn and Crown Heights. To be honest. Well, I mean, that would make more sense because I live in Crown Heights, but <laughs> I felt like that was a reach. I felt like that was All a right. reach. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, first episode back for the small council. It's already, it's already going sideways here. There's a lot of New York talk coming in, which I don't live there anymore. That's where Casterly Pod famously was. Again, I've had to flee there. I'm f- very far afield from it. So let's, let's keep the talk more centric to 
Game of Thrones here. And who are you over there? Who's coming in? Well, it's your boy, Sir Podnam of Kings County. Actually, I, I would say I'm like the king of Pod County, maybe. I think that's probably better. Hmm. The king of Pod County. Well, of course I know who you are, Sir Podnam. Now, now it's your voice sounds familiar, but I don't think you should be calling yourself the king of anything. Or the, isn't that infringing? Wait a minute. Did, you had nothing to do with uh, what happened to me, uh, Casually Pod getting taken over. Hey, you? man, I'm on the other side of the wall. I mean, there are kings there, so, I mean, I had nothing to do with any of that. But, you know, I'm just oh. chilling on the other side what, of the wall. What, which wall is that? Uh, you know, the Queensboro Bridge wall. Oh, all right. Well, I guess that's not part of my territory. Well, really, I guess my territory is more just podcast-based anyway, if you really think about it. So, that's fine. So, it's global. Yeah, that's true. Global reach here. <clears throat> Well, uh, uh, Lord, uh, wait, Lord or Sir Podnam? I well, guess you're... I would say Lord, Lord is probably better, yeah. Okay. Since, since I am the king of Pod County, 11238. Yeah, well, if it's a county, again, that's probably not a kingship anyway. I'm going to call you Lord, because uh, there can only be one king on this on this small council podcast, so... So I'm um, Lordnam, right? Lordnam? Lordnam. <laughs> <laughs> that's like what the, uh, what do you call it, the, the non-nobles, the, uh, the small folk... Uh, Peasants, they they say like they say my lord instead of my lord because they don't can't talk properly. That's what they call you. Like, what what did you say it was again? Lordum. I think you're thinking yeah. of laudanum, the thing that British nobles used to use to keep themselves from like suffering from AIDS <laughs> and pains. Uh, yeah, that's more. Uh, I I associate that more with like the old West movies and TV shows more than medieval. So it's that's not that's not the right track lord i associate it more with the crown first of all yeah lo- lord of the crown heights lord them we're, we're back how to am this I again. Get, how am i gonna get my council in order <laughs> get them to stop talking about Claire how Claire. are you gonna get us from in order from all the way over there uh all right well here's what i think we can do what i'm gonna try to get this back in order have you guys happened to see a little trailer for game of thrones final season season eight? Oh, you want to talk about game of thrones yeah i've seen that trailer uh, what about you, Lordum? Lordum. I did see the Game of Zones trailer. Yes, I did. It was uh, it was pretty good. Off season. Yeah. Well, the, I do like some BK. I mean, it sounds more like BK NBA talk, which which I is mean, a great podcast. Go, yeah. True. On this very feed, Brooklyn Rebound Network. I mean, if you want to go back and listen to those, when you're done listening to this, I would suggest you do that. But no, I don't know if you know this, Lordum. Uh, that Game of Zones is actually just a playoff Game of Thrones. Like, it's a parody. Did you not realize that? Well, they call it, like, one of the episodes was called The King's Landing, with L.A. being capitalized. So I thought it's all the same, really. Karis LeVert died and was born again. Yeah, yeah, and then he actually dropped about 20-something points, and the Brooklyn Nets are officially in the playoffs. Let's go, Nets! All right, well, I salute to the Nets. I agree. And look out for a new episode of that show coming soon where we didn't even know if they're in the playoffs or not yet. So we're ahead, I guess we're ahead of things on the small council here. Future. But again, I, I really want to get this back on track. I think people will be tuning in to hear uh, talk, talk about their favorite characters. You know, Jon Snow, uh, Daenerys Targaryen, uh, Septa. And I'm try- now I'm trying to do a, a bit where I pull a... Uh, well, you're trying a, not to say Cersei Lannister because you want to piss me off? Well, that, all right, so let's get into that then. Uh, if you've listened to a, a former adi- uh, episodes of the Small Council podcast, I don't know if you have, Pod uh, Lordnum, but you'll find out that my Lord Hand is 
borderline obsessed with Cersei Lannister. Are you, does the obsession go to the actress Lena Headey as well? I feel like it may. Um, and you'll watch her in other stuff. I've always found her like compelling. Okay. Um, I just uh, I just love that character. I like me a bad bitch. All right, so no, it's not more. It's not about the actress. It is about the the character who is basically evil. Now, of course, it's always kind of a gray area situation on this show. And you're already starting with me. Okay. All right. Listen, I don't want to... I mean, what, let, let me see if I can get back to, like, the topic I was going on. What do you think about your girl Cersei in the trailer for the show, for the season? She's clearly pregnant. She looks upset. I know she's going to die before the end of this because, like, a lot of the Philistine fans, as we discussed in our previous uh, encounter about us, uh, they are all swine and asses, a la Beethoven. A lot of the fans of the show think that Cersei Lannister is the villain and they want her to die, and they're probably going to give that to her, especially uh, from the trailer, it really looks like she's in trouble. Now, what do you think, Lord Numb? Do you like this character as well, or do you think she's on the chopping block? Well, I guess two questions. A, is she on the chopping block like Eric thinks she is? And B, do you agree with that decision? Do you think she deserves it? I think she should die immediately. Mm. Here we go. First five minutes. I mean, of the new season. Okay. Now, now, hear me out. It's a very. It could be a unpopular, popular decision. I just feel like it's been ten years, right? This the show has been going on for a while, right? Because of that, I need her to die immediately for the reboot, reboot of Terminator Salvation on Fox and have her being Sarah Connor all over again. So I feel like if they just kill her off, it'll happen immediately, right? Okay. I yeah, that's don't how TV works. <laughs> think you're thinking of the same person I'm thinking of? No, he he is Lord Hand. I got to back up Lord him on this one. Lena Headey did Le- play Sarah Connor in that short-lived Fox television show, the two-season show. Yep. Okay. Okay. Salvation. Okay. Okay. Salvation or yeah, I didn't watch that at all. I thought you were talking about the Terminator movie starring. Um, no, no, she was. I mean, Christian Bale was in that one, yeah, and um, what's his name? Other dude. Does not. No, matter. the one, the one starring the Daenerys. Sam Worthington. Well, whoever oh, plays that's her. true. Oh, oh that's, that's true. Daenerys. Yeah, she played Sarah Connor too. Isn't Both of them played. So Khaleesi and Cersei have been Sarah Connor. So I'm thinking actually they should star in the show together and just replace each other during the show. No one will notice because they're. they're I disagree. Actually, I think if they're gonna reboot. Or just have a new Sarah Connor show. Let's just get a third Game of Thrones actress in there. Let's Dame Diana Rigg as the new Sarah Connor. Let's get that going. <laughs> I I hesitate to say yes because of the action sequences required, but I'm here for it. What about Varys? Yeah. Varys could be totally uh, Sarah Connor, right? Oh, they're they're gonna do a gender a, a, the popular gender flip and make Sarah Connor. <laughs> yeah, a man. gender bender. Let's do it. It's Connor Saracen now. <laughs> yeah, Connor's Con- QB1. Conlith that- Hill, that's his name. Yeah, that's the actor's name. Then John John uh, Connor will have to be uh, gender-flipped as well, so it's his daughter then. Well, that can so be Maisie who- Williams. That's fine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is these are all good ideas. Look, no bad ideas on the small council. It's really a modern-day... Uh, it's like a think tank or a modern-day salon over here where we really talk about the important uh, events of the time. I really wish you'd pronounce that salon. Or saloon, because then there would be a lot of sex and... Yeah, just not, nothing but whores and guns. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, I'm really starting to hate my counsel right here. But I guess this is what I deserve. Since I'm on the run, why should I have a great counsel that's supportive of me? No, it's fitting for my current state of situations, I suppose. Listen, guys, let's go, let's go broader, though. 
Are you guys upset that this is the final season and it's only six episodes, which apparently also they, even though it's only six episodes, they spend like twice as much money as any other season on this. But that to say, are you guys going to be, are you guys sad that it's ending or you think it's the right time or what, what's your thoughts on that? I thought it was seven, by the way. Six? Uh, six episodes only, yeah. Uh, I'm out then. I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> you you won't even wait watch the first five minutes just to see if you're right about Cersei dying right away. No, I was promised seven. So. <laughs> All right. So Lordnum apparently is out entirely on the show, so he's not sad about it. I guess. What about you, Lord Hand? Man, I don't know. I'm of two minds here. We're like. I would love if just my friends would come back season after season and do cool shit together and, like, have really witty Mad Men-style conversations like they've been having for the last three seasons. Really turning the gears behind a society that is about to, like, just burst. And also, I feel like things should end and we should kill the things we love, and it's really time for this show to go. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. I mean, I'm definitely sad that it's ending somewhat, but... You know, I have been down on the past couple seasons a little bit, mostly on the writing, not the acting or cinematography. All that stuff's still great, but it definitely feels like the showrunners are kind of sick of doing the show, maybe, which, I mean, it has been their lives for, like, a decade now. So I guess I could see that a little bit. I do think they, like I said, dropped the ball on the writing a little bit, so I I have a feeling that... I push back a little. Um, I know you would think that they, or you are staying that they've dropped the ball in the plotting, but I think the writing, like, all the dialogue is still pretty good. There's some good dialogue still. I, I just think, I don't know. I mean, they do. They, the dialogue to me has never been, I, I've never held the dialogue of the show, I guess, is one, one of the best parts of it. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know. I mean, on other shows, that that's definitely the case, but on the right, I like the world-building aspect of it. And there's in the books, there's a lot of dialogue I like that's witty. And I think the earlier seasons took some, if they didn't just directly take the dialogue, they, it was similar enough that it was better, in my opinion. And I don't know. I mean, like, what's what can you hold up uh, uh, E-Nam as, like, of the recent seasons? Like, what's a good, what's a scene that I'm not thinking of that has some really sparkling dialogue? I mean, the scene between um, Olena and Jamie in the last season when she's about to drink the spoiler, spoiler, spoiler poison. Any of the scenes between Tyrion and Daenerys have been pretty good. Any of the scenes where, like, Jon was trying to convince Daenerys to do a thing. The dialogue, I, I thought, was, like, really, really good. It was, like, Mad Men-level snappy. They got the whole mm-hmm. the, the whole thing with the joke about, like, all of her titles. And, like, he's the king of the north. Yes, that's a good, that was a good joke. Anything um, Tormund has said? Yeah, I guess. I, I'm not as big on the... I think Tyrion's character has gone downhill a lot, too, and, and the, the dialogue between him and Daenerys, I just don't agree. I guess that it's as good as you're saying, but... Okay. I, I don't know. But it is going back to, like, the main thing, like you mentioned, like I said before, the plotting is, is what's fallen off to me. But that affects things, too, because I'm like, well, the characters wouldn't be... Like, even the Jamie Olenna scene, like you're talking about, it was a good scene, and, you know, it's it's, like, cool, like, oh, she's snapping back at him and then killing herself, drinking the poison or whatever, saying, I killed yourself. But, like, I'm just at where, even though Jamie is also one of my favorite characters, like, I feel like they've dropped the ball on him, too, and the fact that, like, the character is not set up as someone who would even care about this or be in this situation, so then it's, like, an, but I, I understand at the same time I shouldn't, uh, like, the show is what it is, so I can't, like, I'm still kind of going with the books. Like, this is what happened in the books. This is how the character is. They wouldn't be in this situation, but fine, they are, because it's not the same, so... I don't know. It's 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 a struggle for me, I guess. 
Okay. I don't have such, like, a pure devotion to the books that I'm not enjoying the show at this point, I guess I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't even say it's, like, a devotion. It's just that, like, what they what they had set up in the books is just so much better, like, storytelling. I don't know. Because specifically with the Jamie situation, right, obviously the books aren't written, and that's part of the whole problem. That's why the showrunners can't, they have to do their own thing whether they wanted to or not, which it's not their fault, obviously. But also, at the same time, they're doing things to make it more convenient for them. So in the books where we last leave off with Jamie, right, he's basically, he got a letter from Cersei. It's still the part where she's arrested, gets a letter from her, he burns it. He's basically disowning her. And then we don't know what's going to happen after that, but it seems like he's, they're not getting back together anytime soon, at least. But in the show, they started going that direction, like with the whole brand stuff in season four. But then as soon as he gets back, they just have him, in my opinion, for purposes, for the sake of the plot, what they want to have happen to make it easier for them to have Jamie in these certain places where he wouldn't be otherwise. They make him back with Cersei. He's not, even though he realizes she's bad. I know you don't think so, Eric, but like, even though the character realizes like there's problems. And then finally in the last season, right? And like, you said something about spoilers. Obviously we're spoiling everything that's aired already, but in the last season, now he's finally leaving her again to go north, right? Because of the threat there. But it's something that should have, like he already kind of started to then went back and it's something that should have happened a long time ago. But do you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's like yeah. a lot of these problems are for the sake of the plot. I just think it's fine that that's happening now and not three seasons earlier. Like, he already explained his devotion to Cersei with a monologue where he says, like, you don't choose whom you love. But when he said that is before all the things happened to him, like losing his hand, the journey with Bran, all that stuff. I mean, it was right before he retreated, as depressed people do, into the thing that he knew. And then now he's seeing that situation is untenable and feeling this higher calling. Uh, because he does see himself as the hero of the story, just like, just like Jon does. So, of course, he's going north now, now that he understands that the threat is real. Like, that is his place, and it's not actually the family that he no longer even has because all his children are dead. Yeah, but also, in like, at least in the book, and I would argue in the beginning of the show, he doesn't care about his He sees those kids because they're not supposed to be his, even though they technically are. Like, he's never really had affection for them to begin with, so... I don't know. I think it's a little more complicated than that, at least in the show. Yeah, maybe, I guess. Now I'm starting to conflate some things, too. Now, I don't know what's going on with Lord Nam over there, but it doesn't sound like he has much uh, opinion on that. What, what do you think over there? What do, what do you think of the Jamie character specifically? Oh, well, I mean, Sir Jamie, he's a, he's a good-looking dude. <laughs> good input. Yeah, you're right. He is good. He's good-looking. <laughs> Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon Roller Coaster Woo Woo is beautiful. Yeah, no, no, I would totally, I would totally hit it. But in, in terms of what uh, E Dash Nam was touching on about him thinking he's a hero of the story, I mean, he's been everywhere. Like he's one of the characters that's traveled all around Westeros, right? He's been like he went all the way to the deep south, like the dirty, dirty, yeah. to see his baby girl <laughs> get killed, you know, and R.I.P. Marcella. Yeah, so I mean, he's been everywhere except the north. Right, so well, uh, which is going to you in now. the but season the, one. Season one, he was there, right? But like that's true, he was. Yeah. But I mean, since so now it's kind of crazy that it's like full circle. He's going back up there now to kind of redeem himself as a character, based on the fact that he started off episode one being into his sister so much that he would like kill a kill a baby or kill a kill a child in the process. So right. uh, so now I think he'll probably kill many babies. 
because uh, that's what he did last time in the north. So he's going to kill some White Walker babies this time, though. So Okay, but he'll kill the babies before they can get turned into the White Walkers. <laughs> that's his solution. <laughs> yeah, to save them. Because, of course, that's how they do it. Remember I remember mean, the whole scene, uh, or the scene or two where they show them turning him into it. Right. Actually, right. it's kind of a parallel, real sidebar, that uh, Walking Dead right now has their whispers, whisperer stuff, and these are, like, people that wear... Okay. Yeah, uh, they wear... Uh, I don't know what that is. But. They wear zombie masks, and they walk around with the dead. So these people also just sacrifice babies. So, like, I guess in pop culture shows, sacrificing babies is where's that. That's what I'm getting Yeah, to. in 2019, that's the hot thing. The, 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 the back half of this decade, that's the big... Sacrificing babies is the is the hottest thing in pop culture. Although you know, I'm gonna say this as yeah, a person. Started. It, I'm gonna say this as a person of color. So it's the white babies. I don't know what's up with that though. Why can't they be sacrificing other, you know, ethnicities? Are you saying white? Oh god, are you saying white baby lives matter? Yeah. Well, uh, I feel like we could all say, and none of us are endorsing this, that that's the only kind of baby an American audience feels as like precious. Mm. True, but it's a global audience now for Game of Thrones. So you're right. I don't know. It's a monocle, but, right. monocle viewing, and there's oh. white babies everywhere. And uh, just about Jamie, I'll wrap it my thought up right now because I don't just keep harboring on this and make the whole episode about my problems with the writing. But like you said, and I'm like he's been all over the pl- all over North South. It's true, but that's like another example to me of why the writers just put him in situations he wouldn't be in because they need a character. They need one of the main characters to be in a certain location. Even if, to me, it doesn't make sense. Not even just based on the book, just based on what they've already built up the first few seasons of the show. And it's a whole sort of thing, too, about how characters can get around so easily. One of the worst examples was, I think, the second last episode that's aired. So not the finale last season, but the episode before that, where they're all in the north, right? They're getting the zombie as an example. The, the uh, white, which is what they're called. White. The white, yes. White. So, yeah. in that episode, like, they had Gendry running back, and, like, he's there, and then Danny shows up immediately, like, and I've talked about it before, but I just get frustrated how they, how the kind of logic of the world has just gotten thrown out the window for the convenience of the plot, I guess. It really doesn't bother me. We've talked about that before. Yeah. Uh, right. I well, understand, though. And then again, I didn't want to make this episode all about that. I have so, a solution, but, though. I have a solution real quick. What's you know, that, Lord? Uh, well, I mean, you just need some NBA analytics in here. you got to see the distance traveled, you know, of each player mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And, and see how the defense is measuring up when one of those players travels into the other, you know, other side of the paint. So if you have the – whoever is the player that traveled the most distance, I feel like they have a little bit more – cred in terms of their character right. you know and also if they're good or not you know i just that's how i feel you know well here's what i'll say then if you want to just keep doing if you want to do nba analogy here's what it's like for me watching the show early seasons to later season how the plot's going it's like earlier season i'm like oh it's the normal nba right the quarter has 12 minutes in it all right the first quarter is over at 12 minutes i'm getting ready you know, I'm going to grab a beer from the fridge. I got a commercial break in the second quarter starting. But now with this, the, the later episodes of the show, it's like all of a sudden they cut off the quarter at like seven and a half minutes or something out of nowhere. It's like they're throwing the equilibrium completely off. They're throwing what I've known, how the world works one way. The quarter works one way. Now it's different. You know what I mean? I have nothing to add on that. But I will say if we're talking about NBA analytics, I would love to see some VORP for Bran and fucking Samuel Tarley, mm. because mm. I would like them to get the fuck up out of here. And right. the What's... more stats we have that show that they are not great characters, <laughs> I would love to see. And what is the VORP stat? What is the meaning? Or what is that again? So I value, a little bit it, it's value over replacement player. Mm. Oh, right, right. 
So yeah, yeah, the Sam he's had a rough go of it in terms of his character's not interesting. Although I do think that actor if you watch I watch I also watch a lot of the like interviews with these guys and stuff over the years. I think the actor that plays Sam is is one of the funniest uh guys, like one of the best interviews of the actors on the show, so it's too bad his character is not yeah, not too great. I have nothing to add, I just hate him. The actor you do you hate? No, the character. He's just useless. Yeah. He he exists to be like kind of a deus ex machina in that he's finding out all these things that no one ever could have found out Mm -hmm. um but it's not like only he could have found out because he is not a genius yeah he's just like a magical boy like stand-in for george r R. martin who was also a large person who i guess has found love i don't know yeah that's going off the rails but i I just he does nothing for me yeah no he's he's not one of the best and the whole plot line last season of him curing the grayscale of sir jorah was a little silly as well right but could have been done by anybody i guess it had emotional like weight well, because char- it was those yeah. two characters together or whatever whatever that's true i mean that, that that's not a bad plot point or anything that that is good characterization at least having them come together i'm fine with that because yeah again his dad they're both hopelessly devoted to like john and danny yeah and also they had the connection with jara's dad as well so that's right but from the night's watch but um but yeah, the the part I had the problem with was that he can actually just cure grayscale, and, and then it's done in one night, whatever. All that Ben Jorah's like, all right, I'm hopping the ship to Danny. I'm there next episode, all that stuff. Hey guys, but I, anyway, I want to push back on both of that right there, talking about Samwise. Oh. Uh, okay, I was Samwise again. Samwise, which is totally. I think it's Sam Well. I will <laughs> say on Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm talking about Lord of the Rings now, apparently. But I want to push back because I feel like there's not enough of him. And not enough in general of just people reading. You know, scenes of people reading are, like, one of my favorite things about the show. Like, I want to see how they read. Do they read with their fingers panning? How do they turn the pages on the book? Are they sitting next to fire? You know, like, these are all very important to scene work and credibility of the show. And if there's not enough of that during these last six episodes, I'm out. Enom can't carry the ring, but he can carry this pod. (laughs) So, wait, Inam, you, are you saying you, you just want, like, uh, LeVar Byrne to pop in with Samwell and, like, start no, 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 that's, reading club? That would be too good. That would be, like, I, I want to be a little realistic here, uh, you know. And I'd rather have, you know, Sam reading and, what is it, uh, what's, what's his wifey's name? Uh, Gilly. Gilly. Yeah, Gilly from uh, Kristen Wiig, basically. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, you want to recast this Kristen Wiig Gilly? I want, I want Kristen Wiig to appear there. And then on top of that, I do want to see uh, a White Walker with a book, at least just panning through it to see you know, how their cognitive behavior is. And if they're reading and learning, then that means the babies will have to be taught as well how to, how to read and learn. So I want to see a whole scene of White, white Walker babies. I don't know. I think the White Walkers do oral tradition, uh, even though we don't really see them talking. But they probably have their own language, you know. They have not. They have audible. Uh, they have audible uh, subscription, and they they're just listening to the books. That's what you're saying, right? I guess so. Okay. Well, that's all. I that was my input on on the whole him sucking. I just want to see him reading more, less swinging, more reading. That's fair. And you did say like you were saying Samwise, which is Lord of the Rings, but I do actually think that. The character is somewhat based on the character Sam from Lord of the Rings. I don't think it's a of coincidence they have a Sean Astin? Name. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes. Uh, no, I mean, I don't think. Rudy? <laughs> yeah, George R. R. Martin saw. I mean, I think Rudy probably did come out like maybe a few years before 
the first uh, book was released, so it's possible it was somewhat of an influence. <laughs> George R. R. Martin's like this guy reminds me of me. You know who who would be a good cameo for some reason? Uh, Haley Joel Osment. I, I feel like he would really? just yeah. What do you he, mean for some reason? Explain yourself. <laughs> well, I mean he's just done so many ridiculous like I don't know if you've seen um, the show by uh, Seth and Evan Goldberg. Uh, I think it's Player One or on Hulu, where uh, it's uh, the video game show. I forgot. It's basically based off. Um, oh, is that Future Man? Yeah, Future Man. That's what it was. Uh, I've not seen that. And uh, Haley Joel Osment's in there, and he he's just played so, so many comedic characters lately. I felt like he could do a better job as Sam than Sam's doing. Uh, Wait, so you want to, you you think they showed up for the final season <laughs> recast? The actor that plays Sam with Haley Joel Osment. I mean, think about it. He's talked to the White Walker, or he's been close, the closest proximity-wise, without dying, to the White Walkers. And then you got the Sixth Sense element. Have Bruce Willis be the the uh, the Night King, and then everything. <laughs> so and, you want and, that recast as well? And then M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> well, <laughs> credits will be at the end. You know, that's basically right. what I want. Well, as mu- I guess this is just all proving to me as as much issues as I, I'm taking with the writing in some of the show, I guess it always could be worse. So that's what your that's what your ideas are telling me right now. You know, Lord no. Well, I mean, they were pretty serious ideas, but I mean, I- I'll pitch them to someone else. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, are you gonna He's going straight to HBO one? with this. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think I am. I think I'm going to leave and I'm going to find my own <laughs> tiny council. And I'm going to tell them we need to make a new uh, Game of Thrones show and pitch it to HBO. Because I'm, I'm not far from them. There's, their headquarters are in, what, uh, Bryant Square, I think. 40 yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, they do, I don't think, obviously not, I don't think. Obviously, the show's finished already. We're talking about the final season. Jokes aside, it's too late to recast any roles, right? They are making a prequel series. So, but even with that, it doesn't seem like they, they could add Haley Joel to that. But it doesn't seem like, you know, aside from Peter Dinklage... They don't cast any Americans really on the show, right? They don't. Not really. I mean, the guy who played oh. Oberon was was American. Jason Momoa is American, but you're saying than, Game of Thrones is racist to Americans. This is this is a big deal, right? I don't now. know. It might be, it might be. I mean, the show creators and George R. R. Martin himself are obviously American, but they only do British actors. We have to we have to protest this I show. I guess that's true. I guess they what don't have a lot of American actors. Nah, the ones I mentioned are, I mean, the only one that's been throughout the show, I think, is Peter Dinklage. Like I said, Momoa is American, right? But he, he, that was season one only. Oberon is an American actor. I think he's, at least he has an American accent in real life. I think he's technically um, Venezuelan or something. Um, what's his name? But, but yeah, that, other than those guys, I can't even know American accent people, even though they have to do a British accent anyway, which some people don't think Peter Dinklage is, is very good. It goes a little in and out, but... It's, I mean, um, sometimes he sometimes he says baby boy very poorly and it's a whole thing do you want to do an impression of it right now absolutely not wow my lo- i can't i can't even get my lord hand to dance like a monkey for me i really have fallen out of favor here no listen i'll listen. absolutely dance like a monkey for you i just don't do voices okay well when i say dance like a monkey i didn't you know i'm not the type of ki- i guess if i was an old-time king i probably would have something literal like that like a, mo- a real monkey in a, a chimp in a jester's outfit with little bells but I was just doing, you know, I was, I was speaking metaphorically. It's like, I, I say jump and you say how high type of thing. I don't understand the reference. Yeah, doesn't make any oh, sense. Oh, it's a Method Man, Red Man movie. How high? Never mind. <laughs> so, another question then for you guys both. Uh, I already said, are you going to be sad about an ending? But uh, in that similar kind of vein, I guess, do you think you'll be satisfied with the ending? 
Hmm. I think with shows, like, since this has a lot of pressure uh, by the whole world, literally, and it being the last monocultural uh, following of a show, I think maybe last one was Breaking Bad. I think this is probably the, the one that's going to be the last one. Um, yeah, well, let's talk about that in a second, too. That's, that's an interesting uh, thing to talk about. Well, but yeah. Continue with your uh, point. It's, am I going to be satisfied? Yes. And mainly because I have my own platform and uh, podcast network that is talking about it. So that that's a good self-promotion <laughs> and accolade done by myself. Uh, no one else has helped. And <laughs> what a narcissistic answer so far. Uh, well, I mean, let's just say I have fans in, around the world uh, that are following Lord Numb here. From the from, one bot in Belarus doesn't mean that you can say around the world. You forgot about Croatia and and Turkey uh, as well, specifically fair, in Istanbul. Oh, um, uh, Lord, Lord Han, let's not joke about the listeners of our show. We definitely have them, and they are all around the world. All right, let's let's forget about that. Love you. They're Continuing de- on, they all listen to Daft Punk as well. And when it comes down to it, this show, my expectations didn't start high since I didn't read the books as a as a non reader of anything. I did binge watch the first season after. Uh, actually, no, I, I binge-watched the first season after the sixth episode premiered, but then I'd never finished, just like I don't finish a lot of things, and then I and then, then I, I paused for a month or two after it was done, then I finished the last three episodes. So that got me on this adrenaline rush of just believing in the show when it wasn't on my radar of a thing to watch or expect. So therefore, my expectations of it has not really changed other than it's been a good show for me, and I, I like it and I like talking about it, and I can't reference anything from the books, and that's fine. But Well, like, it's not about the books. Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, the show is... Right, right. So, like, for me, it's, like, my bar of the show has already, you know, went past episode eight of season one, and it's kept me there. It hasn't let me down okay. because, because after seeing episode eight, spoiler alert for anyone that doesn't know, there's a scene where Joffrey puts his... His, does he put his thumbs down, or am I just thinking of Joaquin Phoenix? You're, You're thinking, thinking of Gladiator. Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, they're both. The You're same. talking about Ned Stark getting getting executed. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode nine. Did he say, "I want his head," right? What he said, "I want his yeah. head." Yeah, something like my mother and my betrothed uh, wanted me to uh, have mercy, but though they have the soft hearts of women, or something. That's like what he says. Something. Like but that. he said, right. but he yelled something before his head was cut off. What was? Yeah, it? I think he says, "Sir Illin, the sword," or something like that. Give like me his head. Directive. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Bring me his, bring me his head. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. So once, once he said that, that moment in TV history, everyone, everyone kind of remembers that scene at least as the. One that's of, when they knew it was real, and it was a unique type of show. Right, sure. because yeah. that's and also it was episode First eight story, out of yeah. nine, right? So and then nine I, out of ten, but yeah. Yeah, and then I was like, the whole story is about the kids growing up and the family and everything else, and I'm like cool my kids are graduating that's how i feel like they're you know they're graduating okay. they're moving on with their lives i should also move to florida you know uh, and get maybe another dog so well it's also interesting that as part of your answer to this question you are disparaging i don't know if disparaging but you're saying you don't read or and but previously you're saying but you want you don't read but you want the characters on the show <laughs> to read more what you're saying before <laughs> i don't read uh i see I just see words, and when I I do want them to read more because then they can tell me things because I can hear them. 
I want them. I want them to read out loud, though, specifically. Well, very, very, a very, uh, yeah, that very thorough and interesting response. Uh, I, I do want to talk about that monoculture thing you brought up because that's interesting as well. But but before we get, let me sidebar that for a second. Uh, what do you think, Lord Hand? Do you think that name will be satisfying for you? Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see if I'm sober enough to make this work. I do have a, tr- a, a, a nice transition into that monoculture conversation for you. Okay. So I don't need my expectations met per se. I have, A, already had my expectations met with my lifelong like fantasy fiction fanhood um, with the Wheel of Time series when the last book of that came out and uh, the guy who wrote it died. And the guy who took over for it, like, used all his notes and had a, like, close relationship with his wife and wrote this, like, really, really great fantasy novel to end this 14-novel series, 15-novel series, whatever. And that was really satisfying for me. And I don't need that to happen again and again for the rest of my life. As far as, like, what expectations I have for Game of Thrones, my relationship with Game of Thrones has always been about Game of Thrones subverting my expectations. So, like... I don't need to be satisfied by the ending to have, like, a conversation about how interesting the ending was. I mean, the whole first season you thought it was going one direction, and they killed the main character, and then his son takes up the mantle of the main character, and then they kill his son, and and you, you realize that the bad guys, the Lannisters, they weren't the bad guys after all. They have their own internal emotional lives. Um, shout out to right. books. People don't book, know I that think. still, though. I mean, people still think the Lannisters are the bad guys. Yeah, well, I mean, people are stupid. Like, most people who watch Breaking Bad were just constantly like, man, I really like Walt and how smart he is and how good he is at everything, but also Skyler, that bitch, when she's the only character on the show who has a human, like, uh, she and Hank, who has a, like, real human reaction to anything. Uh, Like, people are stupid, and that's not the show's fault, uh, is what I'm saying. Right. So, By the way, Eric, did you um did you only just start watching Breaking Bad, or are you like rewatching? Because I saw you've been tweeting about it recently as well. I and was I rewatching like, it earlier. Yeah, I was starting to write a tweet when I saw you saying something about the Skyler point you just made on Twitter. I was gonna be like, did this did this tweet escape from 2013 or something? But I'm I decided against yeah. doing it. That, but yeah, I was wondering about that. But anyway, like I don't need my expectations for the finale to be met. I'm sure they will be thwarted somehow. Um, well, but, but, and I'm but, looking forward to it. As far okay. as the monoculture thing, wait, wait, but, sorry, yes. before before the monoculture thing, because I want to have a, a discussion about that. But but something you said about the subverting expectations, right? That's why a lot of people like the show and the books. Like that's what that's what's really good about it. But if if there's no subversion of any expectations in the final season, won't that disappoint you in some way? I guess that would, yeah. Because I do think since since the show has gone from based on George R. R. Martin's writings to the showrunners or the writers like doing their own thing also the subversion of expectation thing has fallen off a little bit too right like who, what's the last major death you weren't surprised by at the same time as that i guess like if they just keep doing the same thing that's not subverting either then that's just part of it so it's like a it's like a fine line but obviously i feel a different way than you guys like it's probably clear from how we're talking i am going to be disappointed in the ending or in the final season if there's not something surprising that i don't Either that I don't see coming, or at least that, like, even if I see it, I'm at least like, all right, that was clever, at least. They're like, I trust okay, you know? that there will be surprises, but continue. I mean, there probably will be. But I also get, because also I've watched a few interviews leading up to this. Like I said, I like to watch these actor interviews. And a lot of times they just say the same things and whatever. But, like, I've been burned by it before with these, where, like, for the past couple of seasons, the actors are, like, saying, like, oh, this is crazy. You're never going to see this coming. Like, all, all this. They say stuff like that. But then like, I watched the season, and it's, like, not really the case, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Let's talk about the monoculture, though, because it is an interesting topic. So this is the last monoculture show, and every time one of those shows ends, there are precisely two camps. The camp at the end of Sopranos who thought it was really clever what they did with the blackout, and the camp who thought that the show deserved more. The camp who thought that it was a nice, like, quaint, satisfying ending to Lost, and the camp who thought that it was fucking stupid that everybody was dead the whole time. Uh, with Breaking That's Bad, the camp that thought that it was camp. nice that, like, Walt tied everything together and he was such a super genius that he made everything work for everybody and then he was dying of cancer, so it was fine that he uh, didn't get what he wanted. Uh, and the camp that was like, well, that was Walt's fever dream because that never could have fucking happened because the whole thing was about how Walt isn't as smart as Walt thinks he is. No one's going to be quite satisfied with this ending and it's all going to come from different, like, angles, I think. Well, that's good points there, but um, what I would, I guess when you're bringing up this monoculture thing, guys, I'm thinking, like, do you think that's actually true? Like, this is going to be the last show like this. There's not there's not going to be another thing in the next decade that that's going to get everyone back on board like this. Not well, for like, what thing. else? Yeah, not well, for a while. I don't know. Maybe something hasn't happened yet, but... I would say not for a while, just because uh, we're at the age of content being king. everywhere. Yeah, content is king. I'm not king of... Uh, content is. Yeah, no, of course you're not. But, oh, well, don't agree, so <laughs> But... But that's the thing, like, everyone has their own interests, and everyone's into their own shows, and, and everyone's yeah. into their own reading. Segmented audiences. Yeah, ever. exactly. Well, that's why this was unique somewhat, this show, and, and, and Bringing Bad and some of these other ones, but even more so with this. Right, and you know it's a good show, for example, from my personal experience, when one of my best friend's parents are watching the show from season one, and my best friend doesn't have a clue of what it is, and he walks in on on like just people fucking and titties everywhere on the show and he's looking at his parents weird and judging them but then the next year he's all about it so so then they have dinner and they talk about the sex scene um <laughs> he's what i buy by all about it is he's sitting down to watch the nudity with his parents yes yes which he's is into, he's into it watching which it is him. i mean i mean he's 35 now so it doesn't really matter but like at the time no, no. he was 25 26 right so it's still kind of weird at that time, I don't know how many people are watching uh, sexy scenes with their parents, but so you think somewhere between the age of twenty five and thirty five is where you get comfortable with watching <laughs> scenes with your parents. I, I think, mm. I think once you're married and you have a kid, I think that it doesn't matter. Everything's a fucking there's poop everywhere, shits. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like it, life has been created, it, it's all good, anyways. But like, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like that, it will be hard. To find a show where you could watch uh, titties and fucking with your parents again, uh, where everyone would enjoy it. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, listen. I can't. I hope it's not the case where I, I do like that. There's so many options these days. Obviously, you can tailor things to what you like. With the internet, everything else, how small the world is now, you can seek things out you like. But it is cool. Like that's that is another one of the main things that, that's cool about the show. And I'm not even talking about the books now. Just the show specifically. How how it's like the thing that everyone can talk about or you know you still meet people who haven't watched or whatever but but for the most part like i i like that there being a cultural thing like this that a lot of people can get behind and i, I personally hope it's not the last one in my lifetime i kind of think it might be man because i mean even like the whole thing we're doing where there's no tv monoculture because tvs are movie and movie or tvs now star wars is almost done uh the mcu movies are almost done like those movies are the only movies that can get made now and they did that and Hollywood is worse for it but at least like we can all have conversations about those movies because we can assume that everyone has seen them but even they are at an end point like they don't have more movies coming like they have to reset for a minute I think we kind of are at just at the end of the monoculture in general 
What really? They're about to be done with this, the Marvel movies. That doesn't sound right. To no, me. I heard. Like, I heard opposite. I heard they're doing another four stages stuff now. I just saw an article. I'm not sure. Could have I heard that it was going to be a hot minute before those came out, and and I like. I don't know. I don't like these movies, so I don't trust them to be like compelling. But mm-hmm. I'm sure like everyone will be talking about them when they reset. But it it does kind of kind of feel like the Game of Thrones finale is a period on a cultural moment. Right. I agree with that. Well, I'll even narrow it down a little bit more than my my hope. Even just with the TV world, I hope there's another TV show specifically. Not even movie series, whatever. I hope there's another TV series someday that can be like this, because I do think it's cool. But um, I mean, have you seen Bake Off? I'm big on Great British Bake Off. Yeah, no, I'm into it too, so maybe we should do a show on that. All right, we'll yeah, do let's the, talk bake, about bake, the bake council or the bake the bake room. <laughs> I mean, I still think that's a little more niche, unfortunately, but uh, and it's not like it's not as fun to break that one down. I don't think. Hey, we haven't done it yet. Maybe we'll sit down and do it, and it will be. But like, it, like is Claire's a uh, Swiss roll that that really didn't come in too hot last <laughs> last week, right? I mean, it's just not the same. As saying like, who's there, gonna die? There was not then? enough titties and stabbings and killings in that show. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Oh man! I mean, even with yeah. even how culture is changing, I don't know if this is the reason or not. Or, for well, I guess I have to say what I'm going to say first before I, my point makes sense. But the nudity on the show has gone way down in, the, se- in the second half of the series, right? Well, because everyone has it in their becomes, contract that as soon as I get famous, you can't show me nude anymore. Yeah, but but they Body used devils. to even just have. I mean, come on. Well, apparently Amelia Clark had something where it's like her decision. So she. So there was like a rumor out for a while, a couple of seasons ago, that Amelia Clark's not, which is the actress who plays Daenerys, is not doing nudity anymore. She got it in her contract, but then she did have a nude scene after that whole rumor came a couple of seasons later. But apparently, what the thing was is like she can okay it or not, like only if it's if she thinks it's good for the her character or the plot. Sure. So it was her decision, but they don't even they don't even have a lot of even earlier on the show they had like they were hiring like legit porn actors i think and stuff somewhat like having just like throwaway nudity of like in the brothels and stuff you they know? were just hiring eastern european people in general i think yeah just, yeah i mean that's just, probably where they're getting that's where they filmed a lot of but it. but i was gonna say it's like the one person that i i'm upset they still haven't shown is uh sir podrick you know they talk about his penis yeah that's a lot of show uh, that, that's a lot of tell not showing I which mean, normally let like, us see the hog yeah normally you want show don't tell in mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 in these things, right? So they're not they're not sticking to that rule. Hey, gender, hey who knows? Gender it equality. might happen in season eight. Gender equality, man. Uh, if there's going to be some boobs out, there's got to be some dicks mm-hmm. out too, you know. Yeah, but my point to hold this whole thing was coming. All right, so it could be a thing like some of the actors get get bigger. Obviously, they have more say. They don't want to do nudity. Fine. It could be a thing where maybe it was like a little gimmicky early on. A lot. Some HBO shows are like this. So like we can show it, so let's show it. Now Dude, that it's an established show, they're not going to do it as much. Maybe, but. I feel like I don't see a lot of nudity in movies. We're talking about movies. Well, also every movie is like PG thirteen now. Like, like if you go back and watch eighties movies, like there's just boobs or whatever nudity all over the place. And it's just not the same these days. Like, I'm wondering if even when this between when this show started in two thousand eleven and now twenty nineteen, is nudity just disappearing across the culture in general? Kind of seems like it to me. I mean, I guess you could either make an argument that we are a becoming a more puritanical culture as we like withdraw into ourselves or that we are just as a culture better at writing movies that can and television shows that can carry themselves on their own weight and not need breasts in view to you know get viewers and also like there are no viewers so it doesn't matter so why do it yeah so but even if it's like i i don't think they should have stuff like that for 
just to get viewers or, or like I'm saying, mm-hmm. like maybe they mm-hmm. thought they don't need it anymore. It was, it was a hook early on, whatever, fine. But I'm not even as much talking about Game of Thrones because I don't think I need it, that it really needs it in, in scenes I can think of. But I, I guess just in movies and stuff in general, I do see movies now where I'm like, there should be that there and it's not, I don't know. Well, uh, well anyway. Well, the most intense uh, scene was, you know, obviously last season when uh, Johnny and his aunt were uh, shacking up on a boat. So That's true. So, I mean, that's been burned in everyone's retina for good or bad, depending on how you swing on incest. And I think that, would that be the most, you know, if you're thinking about it, is that the most sexual scene? Of all of them, uh, you know, of the, the whole show. show, of the whole show, yeah, I would say it's the most intense. I don't know about completely. Sexual. Well, it has the most weight. It probably is a sex scene that has the most weight. But again, we still don't know what the fallout's going to be exactly because it just happened at the end of last season. Well, it's going to be and a baby. We, we with know a things small the characters hand. don't, obviously. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a baby. I with also hand, like this. just love. I, I just love that they did that because it's like, oh, the whole time you've been like, you've been thinking that uh, Jamie and Cersei's thing was just so wrong and so terrible and they're obviously the bad guys i was like oh word like john snow is fucking his aunt and they're the two lead characters of the show like what do you have to say about that now well um, again just but to again to be the fair they don't know it. that they're related which jamie yeah, and Cersei obviously do. do and they're twins it's still worse for what they're doing i think well i don't know well it's not really taboo internationally obviously like even like you know puerto rico parts of uh you know are you talking about in modern day yeah society? modern day right now i mean uh, for a for a twin brother and sister well, I mean, that's a very specific thing. I'm just talking about sexual relations <laughs> within <laughs> when when uh, within. Yeah, maybe like first cousins or cousins. First is cousins are always getting married on the reg. I think most cultures don't uh, brother sister relations are frowned upon across the board, pretty much. I mean, not if maybe I, I'm wrong. Uh, but. I just like that it's reinforcing the moral equivalency between the people who, for mm-hmm. the first three seasons, we thought were the good guys and the bad guys. But That's also, all. but also, Eric, uh, Lord Hand, I don't agree with your, you're, you're making, you're setting up a bit of a straw man, in my opinion, saying that the reason people think the Lannisters, or specifically your, your girlfriend Cersei, are the villain, is because of this incest thing, which is not the case. It's because of her other actions that are clearly villainous. I mean, it's a marker of her poor character. Like, uh, like, it's in there for a reason. Well, yeah, it is, but also, but again, with the whole Jamie storyline, then we start to see he's not as bad as he seemed initially. And that really does in love with her, and then you then you start supporting him more. But yeah, yeah, I do. But like, also, I do like that though that the Lord Hand is into terrorists, um, just burning, that's you know, exploding people up straight up. And I guess you could I, you could I argue that, that Khaleesi is a terrorist too, but. They have animals. She's more of a yeah. uh, a dictator, or what do you call it? like a conquering. Uh, yeah, she doesn't. Uh, ha- that's not really terrorism. That's just like barbaric, you know, yeah. burning. That's just like a barbaric conquering. Yeah. First of all, that's imperialism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but, I, mean, uh, I, I had no idea that you were into girls with terrorist acts, so, but that's pretty cool. That's fascinating to know that. So he, they can do whatever they want as long as to Eric, as long as they have a cool look where they sip wine, uh, satisfied after their terrorist action, right? Yes, women of America. That is all you need to do. Oh boy. Specifically, white women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Cersei could get away with this if she wasn't white, Eric? I mean, <laughs> I definitely think <laughs> I definitely think Missandei could get away with it. White privilege. If that's what we're doing. Able to to murder yeah. a huge just, chunk of the population, then just usurp the throne and just take bomb up, just bomb up like the whole village, and you, you're good. It's fine if you're a white woman, yeah. you're good. <laughs> yeah, the show is prescient. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, so we already talked about Cersei dying. 
you know, we'll wrap up pretty soon here, but uh, we've been going for a little bit. But let's, let's talk a little bit more about some t- prediction type things. Since the season start, as we record this, the season starts in about a week. We don't know what's going to happen, obviously. No one technically does except for the people making the show because, again, the books aren't finished, right? Probably never will be, uh, whatever. I agree with you guys that Cersei will die. I think Jaime will kill her. That That's pretty well set up. Um, but maybe Tyrion will. Maybe someone else will. I guess that would, that would be more of a subversion to me if one of her own family members doesn't kill her. But we'll see. Who else do you think is not going to make it? Do you think, do you guys think Jaime makes it? No. You know I think he'll make it, but he'll lose another hand in the process. Just uh, or, it'll be like or from, like, from or a, like or like. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be like from Anchorman, uh, Luke Wilson from Anchorman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, not God again! Damn it, not again! Oh, yeah, yeah. That no. would be uh, that could be. I I'm I'm a little torn on. I think I'll probably if I had to pick, I'd probably say he will die. But I'm not as sure as a, as with the Cersei. What about Tyrion? Let's finish out the trifecta of the. Of well, the well, I mean, just a comment on that, like, because his redemption by dying wouldn't be the full-on redemption if he already killed Cersei. Like, that would, to the viewers... Killing to, Cersei is the redemption. It's a redemption, of, yeah. exactly. So, like... So and ki- saving people up north, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And he's already, he's already had the whole wine poison scene and stuff like that, so it can't be a Romeo and Juliet style anything, because that would just be weird, drinking yeah. and killing yourself, because also his son... I Actually, no, literal son, Joffrey, died from poison, so did... Mm. So the other one, right? So the daughter died from poison by the daughter. Shit. Right, exactly. So I guess if you're gonna kill Cersei more surreptitiously, the poison would be wine would be the way to do it since she's already she's always tipping them back. But yeah, how now that, how what would be the best way for someone that really wants her to die? Well, I would say ninety percent of the the viewers for her to die. Uh, what what do you guys think? I can tell you what I think is gonna happen, which is they lose a battle up north, and Jamie comes back at the head of a defeated army. Um, and then things are looking bad in the south, and they prematurely kill themselves together. Romeo and oh, so Juliet. You do think it's Romeo and Juliet? Uh, just now, because Inam said that, and it makes perfect sense that it would happen but, that way. But if he's, um, I guess it wouldn't be still the same because, like, e- even if he does do that, which I don't see that being the move, but even if he does, it wouldn't be like of the. He's disillusioned with her at this point, so it wouldn't be the the love story angle, like. Romeo well, yeah. Well, still, like he would be the one to pour the poison, and then therefore the prophecy is fulfilled. Whatever, whatever. What I is, think he's just gonna strangle her with the golden hand or whatever. I, th- or I think he's gonna go. Mountain, I genuinely don't think mountain we're style, that. just mountain style. I kind of, like, I really, I'm not joking. I think that is what's gonna happen. But sorry, what, what do you say, Lord, uh, Lord Nim? I was thinking he's gonna go uh, mountain style and just like go <laughs> gouge your eyes out <laughs> with the gold hand. At least he could probably do that. I don't know. I don't think he has a straight off hand. Uh, yeah. Well, yes. who do you? Well, well, I was talking about specific characters, but I guess we could. All, I could also pose the question: Who, who do you think is going to get the most grisly end? Is it Cersei or a different character? I don't think John makes it, and I think it looks pretty bad for him. See, I all right. We can I, I, we skipped over Tyrion, I guess, but I, I would say Tyrion probably won't die. But who, who knows? Um, with Jon Snow, I think he's going to live because yeah. he already died once, so it's kind of like doesn't have the impact to die a second time and i think i I don't think he's gonna have a happy ending like i think it'll still be something tragic but so this will lead into i don't know if i've floated this theory before but the other one other big characters obviously daenerys the aunt you know they're getting together could it be a situation where she she dies instead of him or something like that Mm. i think the opposite or the inverse whatever uh i think he's gonna die and leave behind his son 
I agree. Mm. I agree with you, Padre. I think. Uh, I think it's or King Drew, whatever the hell. What, or, King or, of the Padre, King if you want to be yeah, yeah. formal with it. Uh, <laughs> or, or just Your Grace, if you want to be. No, that's okay. I'll pass on that. Um, mm. But what I would say is, it's got to repeat history, right? So, and and based on the scene yeah. of Ned Stark running up there and being like, "Oh shit, yeah, I got a nephew," and it will be Jon Snow living. And having the baby and hanging out with the dragons and doing a sequel to shoot him up with Clive Owen. Well, he'll carry this baby everywhere with the dragons and they'll just be killing people and vengeance of of his uh, fallen love, you know. So. And just constantly bitching about how other people park their dragons and don't use their turn signals. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see some of that happening, to be fair, Lord no. What do you think? I know you don't. You're not high on this character, uh, Lord Hand. But with Bran Stark, do you think he knows everything that's going to happen in the future already? Like, could he just figure out what's going to happen? To all these characters, like who's who's alive and dead. What would he tell them? Like, I think one of two things is unequivocally going to happen, and I can't pick which. We're either going to get so little Bran because like his superpower is just it, it breaks the whole game, or the thing about Bran being the Night King is just true. Oh, that he could be the Night King. Well, how does that make sense again? Like, what, what's the theory on that? Uh, because he, when he's, like, working through the future, he wargs into the Night King, but then the Night King is, like, evil, like, malevolent spirit, like, mm. just traps him there. Yeah, I guess there's some precedent for that, because he did get trapped uh, in past, the vision. sorry, not future. Yeah, there. I guess there's precedent when the, in the scene where, the part where he got trapped in the, the even, if he, even if it was a vision or whatever, the Night King was able to see him, and then they could get into the cave or whatever with the whole Hodor thing. Yeah, and maybe. I also think Brand Brand has been like really blank for a long time. So if he were like to die saving himself, that would give his character some kind of heroic thing, or die saving other people. Sorry, um, with his magic or whatever, that would yeah. give his character some heroic thing that it has lacked in terms of personality for the entire time. Yeah, and I'd see. I don't agree that he's had no personality the whole time. I do think in the earlier seasons Man. he was more of a character. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm just done with that character. Sorry, go ahead. So I'm thinking, uh, well, I, I did read or somewhere, I don't know how to read, but like something came up on my screen and I saw that that he's apparently going to be a little more like interactive and human-like this season. Okay. Um, oh, cool. So uh, because people were turned off with like him cock-blocking himself um, yeah. at last but, season. But that's the way the character went, at least even if it's not as interesting. I think if he is completely, which you might be if you had all this experience, if you are like more of a robot now, if you want to call it or whatever, they shouldn't go back on that then, then the, if it's not going to make sense, right? But, I mean, not to reference Rudy again, but like ultimately he is the Rudy of the show. Like he's the one who was crippled and down on his luck and like now he's going to be like a god, you know, just straight up god. Uh, so, his, so his note, his trying to get on the Notre Dame football team is like trying to get the the three-eyed raven power right exactly <laughs> exactly i mean he wants to get in, in into division one college football. Lord, Lord, no, <laughs> I mean, if, if you if you had the time and sat down if i put you to this task yeah. could you could you work in how every character is somewhat like rudy uh <laughs> you know for someone that has never finished the movie uh oh my <laughs> God. No, i'm kidding I think I've only seen the ending, but anyways, um, <laughs> I get it. But at the same, I will do my best. Uh, but I can't answer that question yet. What I was getting to was the fact that the Bran Stark himself wanting to be, or 
people proclaiming or projecting or even believing that the fact that he's a Night King uh, potentially doesn't make sense to me uh, as a show ending or as a storyline because we don't even know how diplomacy works for the White Walkers. Is there an actual vote? Is there a write-in? Like, do people talk to each other? Like, we, we've never established that part, uh, and nor will we ever find out. Oh, we might. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I mean, like... Yeah, probably it's just too much of a it would be have to do a whole season on that you know just like just talk and this having conversations between the white walkers talking to each other and having subtitles the whole time so i well, per- we could get a scene or two to give us some idea maybe I don't no know. I, I, this is what i'm hoping i, I would hope they would yeah. just do a spin-off of just the white walkers and their and just their interaction with each other because i feel like they have the most depth but when it comes down to it i feel like the Bran Stark element will obviously be a huge part of it, and I think I, my prediction for the whole Night King thing, it, I think it just goes to the the person that was uh, in the beginning, right? That was the one that's that was injected by the children of the whatever trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because they were humans initially, right? We yeah, that. yeah, and uh, children of the forest. Forest, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like I, that. That's supposedly the Night King. I don't know. Is that is that fair to say? They seem to imply that. I guess. But then yeah. no, they have in the show. They definitely do. In the book, the Night's King is a whole different thing with his own background that they didn't. Well, in the, the book, we just time. don't know basically any all this stuff. Well, maybe yeah. because I, fair. I'm coming to that conclusion because I read uh, that EW uh, Entertainment Weekly. He's the actor. He's the actor that's playing the Night King. Cause they recasted mm-hmm. him. So. Uh, he wasn't giving you like clues, but he, he was giving clues on the interview, but he wasn't giving you know actual storylines. So apparently, he if he they recast it before this season or before a previous season, by the way. Well, are you saying that? Or are you asking? I'm wondering because you said he, it's they recast him. So I'm, if it was before this final season, that would imply to me. So that the, the same guy, the character has a lot more to do. Maybe. Yeah. No, it does. So the same guy that died from the Valerian Steel swing uh, against, uh, you know, Jon Snow when he killed them with that sword, that one swing. That's the same yeah. actor, and that's also the same actor that got injected from the Children of the Forest, and he's now, like, the actor that plays the Night King. Okay. Um, that White Walker wasn't the Night King, though. That's what he's saying. The, the, the actor is the same. The switch. Got it, got it, they got switched. it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. He, he kind of like how Tommen Baratheon was yeah. switched. The actor that played ended up playing Tommen was initially, like, a a side Lannister that got killed, and then they they bumped him up to the big time. Yeah, when the role got bigger. Yeah. Oh, uh, and the thing you referenced, yeah, John killing that one White Walker. That's probably one of the best moments of the show visually. Yeah, that was a really cool. Yeah, one. hard home rules. But all right, so yeah, about the deaths. I mean, we we can't go over every character. Will they die or not? Just to wrap up that conversation, Arya Sansa. Let's finish with that. Sansa, I think, is a lock to live. If if I had to pick one character, that I think is definitely going to live. I I would say Sansa Stark lives. Arya, I'm not as sure. I, I'm thinking, I'm leaning toward die. I would have to. I would have to bet die as well. Yeah. Nah, she's not dying. She's got a list. She's got a. She got. Well, see it's that. about wrapped up. I mean, I'm not saying she'll die before wrapping that up. But who's left on it besides Cersei? She Who has, I don't think she's. I mean, she kill. has her own inner demons that she has to face too. So maybe if she does die, she'll probably kill herself. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but that's another thing. As as cool as Arya is, like, it, I do like seeing, like, a little girl killing people. It's fun, but her character is definitely stagnated, in my opinion, as well. Kind of like I was saying about She's been Tyrion. so boring since season four. Yeah. The debacle of the Faceless Man storyline. Yeah. Know. 
Do you have something loaded now? Yeah, I was thinking that she probably just needs to go back to just uh, selling uh, oysters and cockles. Oysters, clams, and cockles. Yeah. That was the highlight of that storyline, yeah. I guess. And actually, and, you know, a quick plug. If, a, if you guys go to Pod Boys Productions YouTube, you'll see a couple recaps by me and Pod Drew there. And I think we, we did Hard Home. From season yeah, five. Yeah, maybe, we did yeah. Hard Home, and we did that one. And we went, really went in depth on the... Yeah, we did most of that season, I think, actually. I think we did all the whole season, season five. So, yeah. yeah. So that that was, yeah. If, yeah we, I mean, we mostly talked clams and cockles, but there's... <laughs> it was stuff. a clams and cockles podcast. Mostly we're just trying to figure out what the hell is a cockle. We took a couple of, yeah, recaps based on that. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's the death stuff. I had one more uh, one more thing about the actors, not the, uh, not the characters. I'm just curious, since the show is ending, too, which actors do you think will go on to have big careers after this, or Ooh. or which ones do you think will just be typecast forever as this? Like, like I could see Kit Harrington just being Jon Snow forever, right? Kind of like yeah, same. What's an example from another show that's already ended where that's the, the actor hasn't been able to get past the kind Steve of Steve like, Urkel, Jaleel White. Yeah, certainly <laughs> Jaleel White. Certainly, I was thinking maybe more of a prestige big show, but uh, the guy from Lost. Yeah. Uh, which one? So First I, of all, any of them, but I, I meant the guy who played um, Hurley Shepard. Also Hurley. Sawyer. Literally Sawyer anyone from Lost except Evangeline Lilly. Yeah, somehow. Yeah, because she's the Wasp now. She got over. Yeah. She got, well, I mean, Matthew. It took Fo- her a while. Matthew it did Fox take her a while a to be fair, though. Matthew Fox had a run there uh, on a couple movies. No, he was just like know, the guy weird. on a battleship in some like war movie no, that was I, just like, actually, no. We can't. It was World War Z. It was like, actually, no, we can't kill your family in order to stop you from doing the thing we want you to do. And that was the only thing I've ever seen him in. So I think with Matthew Fox, I think he actually had a decent career going. But he was on a big show before Lost, I'm pretty sure. I can't, it was one of these like teen type of shows, but mm. he, he might not have done much since then. I, I can't remember much he's done. I think he started as being a decently known actor, which a lot, most of the people on Game of Thrones is not the case. You know, Diana Rigg aside and whatever, like... Uh, obviously, all the kids pretty much are were complete. And Lena Headey aside, obviously right, Peter right. Dinklage, those were known people. But uh, especially if the characters still around, like all the Star kids, all the kids, and Daenerys, um, they they were not known people. This is one of the first jobs, basically. Well, I don't know. I could see I, Amelia Clark's already tried to have a couple of things. Well, Signs really of Stark is the freaking Phoenix, and that movie's coming out. So I mean, yeah, she's she's moved on to a different IP. You know, it's on the X Men. I don't know. I could see. Maisie Williams, I think she's a really good actress, but I, I don't know if she'll be able to... I think she's doing some X-Men thing coming up, too, or something, but... I really... Yeah, she can play Nightcrawler, or not the Nightcrawler, uh, Jubilee, right. no problem. That'd be cool. Um, okay. If she played Nightcrawler. I think she's already cast in something that's like an offshoot of X-Men, like a, some other cool. one of them. Not the main one, but... Anyway. Um, I could see Gwendolyn Christie being just like one of those BBC players that you see in absolutely everything, and you're like, oh, that's that guy from the one Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, That's kind of us. A lot of the older actors on the show are, I guess. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Already, but well, I mean, Kira well, no, she's has in Star Wars, an right? entire career, like yeah. people like that. Well, I mean, you touched up on it, uh, Drew. That you know, all these actors are non-American, and that probably can play a huge part in like them not getting, you know, visually like the audience that would be an American audience and like what is success in that terms you know like are they all going to be on BBC on the reg you know are they uh, are they going to be on the crown are they all moving over to the crown should we start talking about season one of the crown the tail Uh, of the snake is eating its own tail we're getting we're toward the end of the podcast we're getting back on the crown yeah I think the the crown cast will be coming uh, soon that's basically 
What if uh, I wouldn't mind if like uh, Yara Greyjoy or someone became like the host of Great British Bake Off or one of the new uh, one of the new people or like or one of these uh, other side characters? He's good. I I do like the new host better. That might be a controversial opinion, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't. I definitely don't like the the Mary Berry replacement better. I miss her. Yeah, but all right. See, as long as I can get it on a different British show I watch, then uh, then I'm fine talking non-throne stuff right now. Now I'm trying to remember that that. See, I yeah, see the characters aren't as memorable. Well, you need to you need to visually. I need to see them visually. I don't remember the names. Anyway, listen. Only so much room up here in the brain. It's mostly ice and fire book stuff right now. Probably seventy five percent of the things in my knowledge are random facts from like the you know characters from the Riverlands and the in the book series, but. Forget about it right now. I mean, we covered a lot. Obviously, we're, you know, as much as I'm complaining, I'm excited. I hope I don't get disappointed. I'm pumped for this. Uh, I, I probably have been the least excited I've been for a season. It doesn't mean I'm not still going to be, you know, on Sunday wanting to get to get right to watch in the show. Since this is this is uh, Lord Num's return to the small council, and I'm supposed to give you advice, uh, King, uh, I feel like, I feel like there's, uh, since you're, you just said that, you know, um, you're not as excited as you used to be. I mean, th- mm-hmm. I feel like there's a pattern here of you not being excited about stuff, whether it's NBA, which you've mentioned. on. That's true. Pod- 2019 is the year for me not being excited yeah. as I am about yeah. stuff. Yeah. Now, 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 this is where, you know, E-Nam will be able to, and Lord Hand will be able to tell me if this is true. Uh, your boys, your brownies just got... Odell Beckham Jr. and the Browns are being talked about as a you know the team that everyone wants to play for or watch or like you know the greatest yeah. show on turf. So, are you not excited about the NFL too? Are you are, are you depressed? No, no, no. Are you uh, depressed? Listen. Do we have to like you know have a little conversation off this recording? We you know we're we're supportive <clears throat> here. Lord Num, I think I think you'll find if you listen to the very newest episode of The Misters. Which, by the way, wait, is that a plug? Yeah, yeah, you transitioned nicely to it for me. Uh, the Mistress Podcast, also on this very network, Brooklyn Rebound Network, this very podcast feed. I think if you listen to the newest one, you'll find out that I'm very excited, uh, more so about the Browns than normal, obviously for obvious reasons. But <laughs> listen, if if you told me this, look, look again. If we go back to when, if we go back to when the. Uh, Breaking Bad final season was airing, you know, back in 2013 or whenever it was, which Eric's watching now. Take me back to that time, and I t- and if, if Brand Stark came back and told me five years from now or whatever, you won't be as excited about Game of Thrones, you won't be as excited about the NBA season, but you'll be super excited about the Browns six months out from the season starting. Yeah, I would think it's crazy, but that's the world we live in in 2019, baby. You know, maybe all my excitement's getting funneled into that getting sucked out from other places i don't think that's the case but maybe it is you know i can't like jamie lannister says you know you can't uh, help what you love or whatever that's just how i can't help what i get excited about these days i don't know what to tell you guys so you're just comparing yourself to getting excited for your sister that you don't have that's what no uh, that's what that's what i took sister but oh thanks for knowing my family well I guess you didn't meet her when you came. Right, to the so land. she doesn't ex- she doesn't exist. So therefore, I've met but, I've met everyone else. I guess for that matter. But I think I'm like Jamie Lannister in some ways. And, I mean, I'm very handsome like him. Obviously, uh, I do. Have, are we done recording here? Right. Uh, 
<laughs> All right, yes, we are done, Lord Num. Thanks for joining me in the small council today. Thank you, Lord Hand. I know, Lord Hand, I do, you know, I think we'll try to get back together soon, hopefully next week after, uh, to talk about episode one of the season, final season. But besides just the homework of watching the show, Lord Hand, I do want you to dig in a little deeper and try to figure out what happened, why Cashley Pod got taken over, who did it, and whether I can come back, you know, whether I still need to be on the run or not. So please try to do a little better there. Thank you. That's all I ask. And, uh, yeah, if there's no more, we plugged other shows. I mean, also, uh, you can check out my YouTube channel, Drew's Views. I'm not sure if I'm going to do reactions to Game of Thrones because that will just be more work for me, and I kind of like watching it without having to, you know, whatever. But but there's other shows you can watch me reacting to on Drew's Views on YouTube. Check that out. Please do stay subscribed to Brooklyn Rebound Network. And until the next small po- uh, small council podcast... We're out of here. Deuces. Pod Boys Productions.